Okay, so before we get started this week, I'm trying a new drink this morning. Uh, Carnation makes these flavored hot chocolates that taste like candy bars. So I'm trying a new one this morning, which is Turtles. It's off those like those Turtles chocolate candies. So let's give her a taste test. That really tastes like turtles, guys. I'm not going to lie. That's delicious. What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, and welcome to week 16 of my weekly NFL pick show for the 2016-2017 NFL season. We only have two weeks of the regular season left. The playoff picture is starting to come into shape but there's still a lot that's left to be decided. So let's get into how I did in week 15 was my birthday week before we get into the picks for week 16. And actually, before we even get into talking about how I did last week, I just want to take the opportunity to thank everybody who hit me up on Facebook, hit me up on Twitter, the comment section of the video for last week, uh, the people in the Progs Facebook page, everything like that, everybody like that who wished me Happy birthday for my 32nd. I really, really appreciate it. And you guys sure know how to make your favorite prog feel special. Okay, so week 15, my birthday week. Was it lucky? How did we do? Straight up, we did incredibly well. 11 and 5 straight up. That's a good week any way you slice it. 139 up, 83 down with the two ties so far on the season. Against the spread and over under, it was a mixed bag. It was variable returns. Against the spread, we did really well. Nine and seven against the spread. I'll take nine and seven any week of the season. 119 up, 100 down with five pushes against the spread on the season. Over under, not quite as well. Six, nine, and one. We got our third over under push of the season. That push coming in the Pittsburgh Cincinnati game where they scored exactly 44 points. So now 117 up, 104 down with the three pushes on the season. And I think this may be the first time this season, since maybe very early in the season, that my against the spread record is actually better than my over under record. Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks from week 15. We did incredibly well. The bronze pick, woo, we swept it. That's exactly what we want to do. Seattle clobbers Los Angeles 24-3, as I told you they would. It was an against-the-spread win, as I told you to go Seattle minus 15, because what the hell, Los Angeles can barely play football. And it was an over-under win, as I told you to stay under 38.5 points. So we swept that one. That's what we like to see. The silver pick, we did well as well. We won it straight up. I told you to take Atlanta over San Francisco, 41-13. to That game was not competitive. Unfortunately, that game was not competitive, so I lost against the spread, as I told you to take San Francisco, plus 13.5, because I'm insane. Over-under was a win. I told you to go over 51 points in that game. Atlanta gets 41 on their own. San Francisco does what they can do, and it goes over 51. Gold pick. We swept that one as well. A high pick, and we swept it. Buffalo beats Cleveland 33-13. to It was an against-the-spread win. I told you to go Buffalo minus 10 in that game. And over-under was also a win over 43 points. Buffalo gets to 33 on their own. Basically the same as Atlanta-San Francisco. Buffalo gets to 33 on their own. Cleveland does what Cleveland does, and it goes over the 43. And the platinum pick, we won it straight up as Houston beat Jacksonville, but they only beat him by a single point, 21-20. to It was an against-the-spread loss because I told you to go Houston minus six in that game. They only won by a single point with a savage comeback. But um bum And over-under, it was a loss because I told you to stay under 39 points. They get to 41, so it was within a couple of points i figured it was going to be kind of a coin flip there and they just get a little bit higher than what i thought they would go so platinum gold silver and bronze i was four and oh straight up and we really need that this time of year was two and two against the spread and three and one on the over under Taking a look at the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pools for Season 5 of the show. We're going to start in the straight-up pool. I still sit in second place out of 28. 1,239 out of 1,793 possible confidence points. 
That's a clip of 69%, and it's getting pretty close to where we want to be. Week 15 had an excellent week 15, brought in 110 of 136 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 81%, and we'll take that any week we can get it. Shout out, though, to our week 15 winner, Rel Eagles Fly, TJ Harmon, a fellow NFL YouTube prognosticator. He wins week 15. He was 12 and 4 straight up, so one better than I was. 120 out of 136 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 88%. TJ had himself a week, and he wins week 15. In a Minute Man remains our overall leader. 144 up, 78 down with the two pushes, so five better than me either way. 1,259 out of 1,793 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 70%, and it's that magic 70% number. That's what you want to get to to have a real shot at winning this thing. So as you can tell by the math, I'm 20 points back. We got two weeks left plus the playoffs. This is still anybody's game. So shout out once again to Rel Eagles Fly, TJ Harmon for winning week 15, and to In A Minute Man for remaining, as he has most of the season, our overall leader. Looking at the against the spread pool, I sit in third place out of 22 managers there with 116 correctly picked against the spread games based on Yahoo's lines out of the 223 games played so far this season. That's only a clip of 52%, but we're still competitive, we're still close. In week 15, I only brought in 8 of the 16 games. They gave me a push in the Oakland-San Diego game. I had taken that as minus 2.5, but on Yahoo... It was a minus three, so that was a push as they wanted, I believe, 19 to 16. So only got eight of the 16 correct for a clip of 50%. Shout out to our four week 15 winners. Four people got to nine correct against the spread picks this week, and they all co-win the week. Cream, creamed corn conch. Wow, that was a that's a nice little tongue twister there. Number one QB Tom Brady, which believe it or not is not Holly Gordon, uh, Matt Ogden, and Teddy Bridgewater 5. They all got to 9 of the 16 games picked correctly against the spread. That's a clip of 56%. So shout out to those four for co-winning week 15. Half Moon's picks and Brady's back, Holly Gordon and Stephen Coleman remain the overall leaders in that league. 118 of 223 correctly picked games against the spread that's a clip of 53 percent as you can tell i'm only two back of the leaders and that feels good it's coming right down to the wire so shout out to all six of those people for either winning week 15 or remaining the overall leaders had to take a deep breath for this next one because we're going to take a peek into Fantasy Corner and it's going to be an extra long peek into Fantasy Corner this week because it's the Fantasy Football Playoffs and I had some garbage go down this week. First of all, I had seven teams in action this week. I had one team that was on the bye in the consolation round in a league. I went four and three with those seven teams. I did win my final matchup in the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Fantasy Football League. I beat Bad News Bears. Unfortunately, that was in the 11th place game. So I finished that league, a pay league, mind you, 11th out of 12. And that's just plain embarrassing. So my apologies to my fantasy football and NFL YouTube prognosticating brethren in that league for just completely stinking the place up in the latter half of the season. However, I have made it to the finals in multiple fantasy football leagues. So we're going to talk more about that next week when it's all said and done. We see how many championships I managed to bring in, if any at all. I do want to shout out the two members of the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Fantasy Football League who are going to be playing for the championship this year, and it's the top two seeds. It's number one and number two. Number one seed Chalupa Batman finished the regular season 10-3, and three, which is what Yahoo originally projected that I would finish, so good job Yahoo. So they were 10-3, and three. they were the number one seed, they led the league for a large portion of the season. And Billy B, fellow NFL YouTube prognosticators admin on the Facebook page, he made it to the final by beating Keith Bailey. He's in there at the number two seed, but only at eight and five. So this was a very competitive league this year outside of Chalupa, who was, you know, pretty well ahead of the pack. But it's Chalupa Batman and Billy B going head to head in the finals of that league. Good luck to both of you guys. Well done. I also want to take a second to send a personal message to Cam Newton, 
whose one-yard loss on the second-to-last offensive play for Carolina, the play before the kneel down to end the game last night, that one-yard loss cost me a tenth of a point and cost me a fantasy football semifinal. I went from winning it to losing it by four one-hundredths of a point. And I was not happy about it. Hi, Cam. It's Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube and Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter. Um, you haven't heard of me, but uh, <laughs> thanks for that. Thanks for that uh, that one-yard loss that, that screwed me out of a fantasy football championship game. Anyways, we're going to move on because we don't like to harbor that stuff. I also just want to take a second to mention I made it to the finals in my league, the league that I commish. And the only reason that I mention it is because in the championship final, I'm going to be going head to head against a guy I've known and been friends with since high school. We do our drafts together every season. It's me and it's my friend Tony who's out in Alberta. And the awesome part about that is we talk pretty well every day. So we get to shit talk each other for a week. That's fantastic. So Good luck, Tony, but not too, too much luck in our final, in our matchup. Again, I made multiple fantasy football finals, so we'll talk about it again next week, and we'll see just how many championships, if any, my teams are able to wrangle in. That is Fantasy Corner. A little extra long Fantasy Corner there for you. And again, as always, we'll mention, if you're watching the episode on YouTube, you can go to the description of the video. You're going to find all of my results from week 15, all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for week 16 in the NFL. You're going to find information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pools for season five of the show. Not too late to win a week and get yourself shouted out on the show. You're going to find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page and you're going to find links to other high-quality NFL YouTube prognosticators who get out there and do this every single week. If you're listening to the episode on SoundCloud, for one, thank you very much. But for two, search NFL YouTube prognosticators on Facebook. We talk football all week. We got polls. We got questions. We got shit talk. We got betting advice. We got all of it. It's all in there. Make sure you get yourself joined up and join in on the fun. Two weeks left. We're on a great pace here, really across all of our picks. I'm, I'm very happy with how the betting picks have gone so far this season. I'm extremely happy with the straight up picks. Let's keep it going. Week 16 is going to be more difficult than week 15. Write it down, put it there right now, but let's get into the week 16 picks. And you know, I was thinking to myself while I was doing these picks, I was like, self, uh, happy birthday for one, uh, but self, we haven't really had a week that's just blown things up and playoff hopes really being like absolutely dashed when they're in a position to be solidified and we haven't really had a week like that so let's get it started in the nfc east all nfc east matchup we got giants and eagles we got the giants traveling to philadelphia to take on the eagles now the giants they're not locked into the playoffs yet but at 10 and 4 they got a real great shot at it i i don't see them really falling off here and not making the playoffs i think their path is pretty well set in stone that they're going to get there Eagles, not so much. They've lost five games in a row. They're not playing good football right now. They have not played good football on a consistent basis really all season. Their defense has kept them in some games, but just the glaring lack of offense really, with the exception of the latter part of the game last week against Baltimore, their offense just hasn't been able to do the job for them. But what do we like to say? What's basically the trademark phrase of this season when we're talking about these games? It's all about the situation. I'm going to take the Eagles in this game, and here's why. Despite the fact that the Giants are justifiably favored in this game, the Giants are not a good road team. They haven't been a good road team all season they haven't been able to do it with any kind of consistency whereas philadelphia look they're nothing to write home about but that defense at home has been playing really well they've only allowed 15.3 points per game in their six home games so far this season now the giants again they've struggled their scoring goes down on the road their defense is giving up more on the road as a matter of fact for a team that is 10 and 4 and is outscoring their opponents though keeping the games low 
on the road, they are being outscored by better than three points per game. That's going to be a problem against a Philadelphia team that can play some defense, especially when they're in their own building. I like the Eagles in this one. I think it's based on the situation. If this was in New York, this would be a slam dunk victory for the Giants. It's not. It's in Philadelphia, and I'm going to take the Eagles. On the line, Philly is a two and a half point dog at home, so obviously I'm going to tell you to go Philadelphia plus two and a half in that matchup. Total in this game is 41 and a half points, which seems very low, and typically I would take the over in that. I'm not going to, though. I'm going to take the under. Again, based on the Giants' offensive struggles on the road, based on how good Philly's defense is at home, and in this situation, the two teams are a combined one and ten over under. Only one game with either Philadelphia at home or the Giants on the road has gone over the total. So I like the game to stay under 41 and a half points. I like Philly plus two and a half and like the Eagles at home to win straight up. Let's go to Buffalo now where the Bills are going to try to embrace the spoiler role here against the Miami Dolphins who have playoff aspirations as a wild card at 9-5. and five. There's a definite shot there for the Dolphins, but this is just the worst possible time for the Dolphins to be playing the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. And here's why. Buffalo is basically almost entirely predicated on the run game. They're one of the worst pass offenses in football, even with Sammy Watkins back. Tyrod Taylor did not take the step forward this season that many people, myself included, expected that he was going to take. Buffalo still got a shot here to finish a respectable 9-7, and seven, and I think they get it started on the right foot, that trek to get to 9-7 and seven, this week. I like the Bills at home to beat Miami, and it's because Miami can't stop anybody on the run. The secondary is fine, but they cannot stop the run. As a matter of fact, only San Francisco and Cleveland are allowing more rush yards per game than are the Miami Dolphins. Now look, the Dolphins make up for it with a really good secondary. They're opportunistic on defense, despite giving up just the huge volume of rush yards. They're not really giving up the points. They're kind of like Denver. Miami, they're only allowing about 22, 23 points per game, whereas Cleveland and San Francisco are allowing 29 and 31. So they're giving up the yards. They're playing kind of a bend but don't break. But Buffalo scores at a huge clip, especially when they're in their own building. Buffalo's offense takes a five-point upswing when they're playing in Buffalo on average, scoring about 31 points per game. That's why I love them this week. I'm going to take the Bills at home to beat Miami. It's also worth noting that Miami's offense drops by about four points per game when they're on the road. On the line here, Buffalo's favored by four points at home. I think you got to take that. It's less than a touchdown. Yeah, it's more than a field goal, but it is less than a touchdown. And again, Miami can't stop anybody on the ground. I think LaShawn McCoy is going to have a huge day. Mike Gillisley might find the end zone in this one. So minus four, it's not too many for me. I'm going to tell you to go Buffalo minus four. Total in this game is 42 points. You have to go over on it for this specific reason. Buffalo, all seven of Buffalo's home games this season have gone over. They are 7-0 and over-under at home this season. You got to go over. It's a relatively low number, 42 points. Miami's going to score their points. Matt Moore did a very, very commendable job uh, last week in his first start since, what was it, 2012? Or 2011? 2012, I think it was. He did a really good job. I think he threw four touchdown passes. So big ups to Matt Moore in relief there of Ryan Tannehill. But this thing's going to go over. So over 42 points. I like Buffalo minus four. And I like the Bills to win the game straight up. Let's go to Chicago now where the Bears are going to play host to the Washington Redskins who absolutely shat the bed last night on Monday Night Football. What a terrible performance offensively and defensively for the Washington Redskins. It was a total team collapse last night. And here's the way that I describe the Washington Redskins, certainly after watching that game last night. The Washington Redskins are a glass cannon. I don't know if anybody's heard that term before. I think I've even used it on the show earlier this season. The Redskins are a glass cannon in that they can score a ton of points, 
Nobody's going to take that away from them. They're one of the best offenses in football. They're one of the best offenses, certainly in the NFC, and they'd be the best in that division if it weren't for Dallas. But they can't stop anybody. They're head and shoulders the worst defense in that division, and they're one of the worst defenses in the NFC, although, of course, there's the 49ers. But against a Carolina Panthers defense that struggles on the road, that doesn't have Luke Keekley, there's no excuse for Washington only being able to put up 15 points. Meanwhile, you look at the Bears and like, look, the Bears are not a good football team. It's hard, it's almost it's virtually impossible to be a good football team at three and eleven. Sorry, it's just I, I I can't sugarcoat that they're a three and eleven football team. They're not a good football team. They're getting outscored on average on the season. But it's worth noting, all three of Chicago's wins have come at home. At home, Chicago's five and two against the spread. At home, they are actually outscoring their opponents on average, whereas on the season, they're being outscored about 18 to 23. All of these things are worth noting. It's also worth noting, Washington on average, just barely, but they're being outscored on the road. Just barely, it's by like a half point per game. So it's really not that much, but... It's still worth noting for a team that is outscoring their opposition on average on the season. The Redskins took a huge blow to their playoff chances last night. It's not impossible. Look, 9-6-1 could make it in as the second wild card over like a Green Bay or even a Minnesota if they sneak up there or Tampa Bay. It could they, it, That could make it in. They're not going to win out. Because Chicago beats them this week. I'm taking the Bears at home to beat the Redskins. On the line, Chicago is a four-point dog at home. Take that. Chicago plus four. They win this game outright. Kirk Cousins, again, just did not look impressive to me last night. The run game was virtually nothing. You had one or two runs by Rob Kelly. That was about it. I I love Chicago in this game. I think the Bears, this is the perfect scenario for the Bears to sneak up, go four and four at home this season, have something to build on going towards next season. Bears win the game outright. I love the Bears plus four. Total in this game is 47 points. I think you have to go over on it. The Bears, look, they're only three and four over under at home this season, but Washington's four and two over under on the road it's it's a bit of a coin flip because 47 is a big number we know washington can score points chicago's going to score points because that redskins defense looked terrible last night and i think will look terrible again so i'm going to tell you to go over 47 points chicago plus four bears win straight up let's go to cleveland now where the browns are going to play host to the san diego chargers Chargers, basically nothing left to play for. What did I tell you last week? Philip Rivers is back to that whole everything bad that happens is not my fault. Uh, happened again a bunch of times last week against Oakland. Oakland comes back to beat them. Rivers throws a bad interception at the end of the game and he's just walking off the field, shaking his head like everything's bad in the world but him. And really... Guess what? Philip Rivers played a bad game, and I don't think he's shaking his head because he's being self-critical. I think he's placing that blame on every Chargers player on the field but him. I said this on Twitter after watching the end of that game. You cannot win with players who look at failure as everyone's fault but theirs. If you're the San Diego Chargers, you cannot win with Philip Rivers, especially after you move. The Chargers are a completely demoralized franchise, nothing left to play for. Melvin Gordon shut him down for the year. Don't you dare risk bringing that guy back this season to play for nothing when you're about to move to a new city. Don't you dare bring him back. Shut him down for the season if you haven't already. Do that. <sighs> Guys, I've been I've been doing it all season. I don't think Cleveland's an 0-16 football team. I could just... A Cleveland wins straight up. Oh, God, I'm such a sucker for punishment. Cleveland, there's no statistical justification for this. Nothing. I'm just like, I'm just... I guess I'm just gonna go down with the ship. 
Cleveland wins straight up. The Browns at home beat the Chargers, who have nothing left to play for and are a bad football team right now. So, Browns win. Wow, Browns win. On the line, Cleveland, six-point dogs at home. Take that because I think Cleveland's going to win. Even if Cleveland loses, San Diego's not a good enough football team right now to give them that kind of a favorite line. So take Cleveland plus six. Total in the game's 44. You have to go over on it because, look, San Diego could blow them out. Cleveland sucks. Like, they're just just not a good football team. They can't play defense worth a dime. So take the over 44. But I like Cleveland plus six, and God help me, I like the Browns to win straight up. You are literally listening to a prognosticator lose his mind. Let's go to Carolina now, where the Panthers are going to play host to the Atlanta Falcons. This is going to be a very interesting game. This is going to be a fun game. This is an all-NFC South matchup of worst versus first. Carolina definitely didn't look like the worst team in this division last week. As a matter of fact, Panthers have won two games in a row, which is the same as the Falcons. Panthers are 3-2 and two in their last five games, which is the same as the Falcons. And they're doing it without their best defensive player. It's unbelievable. And I gotta shout out Thomas Davis. Man, just getting better. Like, just getting better into his 30s. Three horrific knee injuries. I'm thinking, this guy is done Put a, put a fork in him like this guy's career is over and he's just he just keeps playing better and Luke Keekley's out and Thomas Davis is like whatever I'm taking this defense and I'm putting it on my back and he's hustling better than anybody out there so big ups to Thomas Davis for really grabbing this Panthers team and saying we're better than this and we're gonna prove it with the Bucks loss last week, the Falcons now have the inside track to winning this division, 9-5. and five. They want that. They want that desperately because they saw a big lead in this division evaporate and the Bucks were tied with them. And now they've got that gift back again. Carolina has really come on defensively as of late. They're a top five run defense now. It is difficult to run on that Panthers defense. Their secondary is still a dumpster fire. It's garbage. It's the worst secondary in football, statistically speaking anyway. Worst secondary in football. You can throw on the Carolina Panthers. You can do that all day long. What does Atlanta do as good or better than any team in the NFL? Throw the football you got to go with Atlanta. Even though the game's in Carolina, Carolina is above 500 at home. you got to take that into consideration, of course, but Atlanta's 5-2 and two on the road. This is a team that has won consistently this season on the road. Their defense plays better on the road. I like Atlanta to beat Carolina. On the line, Carolina's a 3.5-point dog at home. It's only three and a half points. I think you've got to take Atlanta in this one if you like them to win. I like the Falcons minus three and a half. Total in this game is 52 and a half. And look, the last time these two teams played, and when we, I mean, we talked about it, it was a game in October, and I said this game could go to 70 or 80 points. It got to 81. So these two teams, they can score points on each other in a big bad way. That game was in Atlanta. It's not in Atlanta this time, but Atlanta's offense, extremely consistent. They're still scoring 32 points a game, 32 and a half points a game, sorry, on the road. They've gone five and two in their seven road games uh, over under. So, I mean, they're scoring, they're putting up points. Carolina's defense does play better at home, but I think you got to take the minus three and a half and you got to take over 52 and a half given that these are two teams that put up 80 points last time they played each other. So, I like over 52 and a half points. I like Atlanta minus 3 and a half and I like the Falcons to win the game straight up. Let's go to Jacksonville now where the Jags are going to play host to the Tennessee Titans. I'm going to spend virtually no time talking about this game. Jacksonville is going to lose. Take Tennessee and it doesn't matter what they're favored by, take Tennessee to win this game. Jacksonville firing their head coach. And I can't imagine that the record for teams that have an in-season head coach firing than having to play the next week. I can't imagine that record's pretty good. Someone look that up for me if you can. If you've got the real research skills here, find the record, straight-up record, of teams who have fired their coach mid-season in the game immediately following firing the coach. So, 
Tennessee, I believe, is going to win this game in a big, bad way. Mariota has not looked good these last few weeks. I think he's going to turn it around, despite the fact that Jacksonville's secondary is very good. I like Tennessee to win this game in Jacksonville. On the line, Tennessee favored by four and a half points on the road. You know what? It's it's a bit of a tough one. Like, look, Jacksonville has not won a game at home this season, and they're one and five against the spread. So I don't think you can bet with Jacksonville in this game. I think you got to go Tennessee's side of it. It's a tough one because Jacksonville's secondary is very good, but I think you got to go Tennessee minus four and a half. Over under, the total in this game is 44. I think you go over on it. Both of these teams are over 500 in these situations over under. And actually, both of these teams are 9-5 and five overall on the season over under. So I think you got to take the over in this one. So, I like Tennessee to win the game straight up. I like Tennessee minus 4.5 on the line over 44 points. Let's go to Oakland now where the playoff-bound Oakland Raiders for the first time in 14 years the Raiders are going to the playoffs baby and they are going to play host this week to the Indianapolis Colts Colts did their job last week in a big bad way they got a huge win last week they're three and two in their last five games they've been playing playoff football for probably about a month now I would say Unfortunately, the teams ahead of them also did their job last week in Houston and Tennessee. They all won. So the Colts, they got their record back to 7-7 and with two games left. The two teams ahead of them are 8-6. and A team from this division is not likely going to get one of those wildcard spots. Right now, the Chiefs, either the Chiefs or the Raiders are going to get the first wildcard spot at 11-3 or 10-4. That spot is taken care of. The Dolphins have the inside track on the other AFC wildcard spot, but I think the Dolphins are going to lose this week. So there is that potential there. Indy still has a ton to play for here. Meanwhile, I'm very interested to see how this Oakland coaching staff is going to react to the fact that, okay, look, We're in the playoffs now. We know we played incredibly well on the road this season. Do we want that first round bye? Or would we rather play in the wild card round? I know it sounds crazy. Why would you want to play an extra football game? But hear me out here again. Oakland, incredibly good road team this year. At home, that's where they've been susceptible. You can look at the numbers. That's where they've been susceptible. Do they want to have a home game in the playoffs in the you know AFC championship or in the divisional round or anything like that do they want to play a home game or would they rather be on the road look Oakland's fan base travels man they will follow this team wherever they go but do they want that game to be in Oakland or would they rather have it in someone else's building where they've played very well I only ask that to question exactly how much Oakland has to play for in this game and I'll be very interested to see how the coaching staff and the front office choose to respond to that like do they play to win the game literally do they rest some of their starters in preparation for the playoffs like what's what's going on here I doubt they're going to rest people in week 16 that would be a little crazy but I do have to wonder whether the Raiders have that killer instinct in this game the team in this game that we know has the killer instinct is Indianapolis Also, can we talk for a second about Indianapolis' last two road games? Holy cow, they're playing some defense. Now, look, granted, it's not against good offensive teams. I think it was against Minnesota and the Jets. So they're not good offensive teams. But this is an Indianapolis team now that's only giving up about 23 points a game on the road. That's really good. They're 4-2 road team. As a matter of fact, I would say on the defensive side of the ball, they've played better on the road than Oakland's played at home. All of this is adding up to, I think the Colts win this game. I'm going to defer to the desperate team here. I like Indianapolis on the road to beat Oakland. On the line, Oakland favored by three and a half points at home. Obviously, since I like Indianapolis to win, I'm going to tell you to go Indianapolis plus three and a half on the line. Total in this game is 53 points. You have... Total in this game is 53 points. You have to go over on it. Oakland's defense is not good at home. They've allowed 28 points a game. No matter who the competition is, if you're allowing 28 points a game at home, you're not doing your job on the defensive side. And you look at the Colts. The Colts are scoring the lights out on the road. They've averaged about 31 points per game on the road this season. That's a good road offense. They're they're over in five of their six road games. 
I think you got to go over in this one. Actually, based on the situation, Indianapolis 5-1 and one on the road over under. Oakland 5-1 and one at home over under. So definitely go over on this one. I like Indianapolis straight up. I like the Colts plus 3.5 and, and over 53 points. All right, let's go to Los Angeles now, if I guess we have to. Uh, Rams, 49ers. Um, Rams win because they're the only one of these two teams that can play anything that has any semblance of the word defense. San Francisco cannot. Uh, LA can. Neither one of these offenses are very good. So I think you got to defer to the team at home with the better defense. I like the Rams. Take the Rams. On the line, Los Angeles favored by four points at home. I think you got to take that. It's only four points. Neither one of these teams is going to score a lot of points, but San Francisco may not score any. So if uh, if Los Angeles can kick a couple of field goals, I think they cover that. So Los Angeles minus four. Total in this game, 40 points. Stay under on it because, look, LA's offense is not good enough, even though San Francisco's defense is that bad, to put up a ton of points, I don't think. So 40 points. It's too many for me. If it was mid-30s, I may tell you to go over, but 40 points, it's too it's too many. I'm going to tell you to stay under on it. Los Angeles wins. Los Angeles minus four, under 40 points. Don't get used to the speed of that one, by the way, because the last four games, we actually have some stuff to talk about. Tampa Bay traveling to New Orleans to take on the Saints. And again, despite the fact that, I mean, Tampa Bay's 4-1 and one in their last five games, the Saints are only 2-3, and three. this is two teams going in opposite directions based on what happened last week. Bucks lost against Dallas last week. New Orleans pulls off the win against Arizona. Saints, as we've been talking about for the last little while, Saints have an outside shot at getting to 500. Getting to 500 would be an accomplishment for this team, the way they've played, especially on the defensive side of the ball this season. It would be an accomplishment if they get to 500. They've got an opportunity here against the Bucs, and they can really put the dagger in the heart of the Bucs. Playoff chances, certainly their chances of winning the division, as Atlanta, I believe, has a quote-unquote soft matchup this week or softer matchup I should say and again despite the fact that the Bucks are eight and six two games over 500 they're getting outscored on the season it's not by a lot mind you it's only by nine points but on average they are getting outscored in each game despite the fact that they are eight and six which means they are susceptible to blowouts the Saints despite the fact that they're six and eight are outscoring their opponents it's not by much but what that indicates to me is that they are susceptible to delivering blowouts and that's the way I think this is going to go it's a favorable matchup for New Orleans simply based on the fact that they are at home they play better at home than they do on the road of course Tampa Bay plays better on the road than they do at home so you got to take that into consideration as well but I like the Saints in this one I'm going to tell you to go New Orleans straight up to beat Tampa Bay. On the line, the Saints are three-point favorites at home. I think you got to take that. It's only a field goal. Go New Orleans, minus three. Total in this game, 52.5 points. I'm actually going to tell you to stay under on it. Not that I think New Orleans is going to start all of a sudden playing baller, baller defense. But Tampa Bay, their offense is not great. And I'll tell you. What I saw last week when Tampa Bay was playing Dallas, Jameis Winston, anytime it would cut to his face in that game, Jameis Winston looked like he was being pursued by a pack of leopards. It was it was unbelievable. He looked uh, terrified and kind of looked like a madman, like he was fighting for his life. And every time they would do that, the very next play is either a bad incomplete pass, overthrow, underthrow, throw it away, uh, a bad run game, run gain for, you know, negligible yardage or anything like that. Every single time, and that happened a lot in that game against Dallas. Not that New Orleans has anywhere comparable of a defense to Dallas. I don't think they're going to be able to do the same kinds of things to Tampa Bay. And again, Tampa Bay is a very good road team. They're 5-2 and two straight up and they're 6-1 and one against the spread. I just like New Orleans in this one, and for whatever reason, I like it to stay under. Like, Tampa Bay's defense has been pretty good on the road, uh, only giving up about 23 points per game. So I don't think New Orleans is going to style all over them on the offensive side. Let's just stay under on it, go under 52.5 points. But I like New Orleans to beat Tampa Bay straight up, and I like New Orleans minus three on the line. 
Let's go deep in the heart of Texas now. The Houston Texans with their savage new starting quarterback. I'm just going to keep doing it. Like I'm just I'm just going to keep making that joke. Taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. We've talked all season about how bad Cincinnati is on the road. They're not a good road team whatsoever. Houston finally benching the $70 million man in favor of Tom Savage. You know it hasn't been a good season when you bench your franchise quarterback because if you you got to that's what you got to call him you got to call him your franchise quarterback because that's what he is you bench your franchise quarterback and your home team applauds enter tom savage a quarterback who before that game last week had only attempted 19 career passes in the nfl one of which was intercepted But all he did was go 23 for 36, put up 260 yards, and led the comeback as the Texans won that game by a single point. Tom Savage is little short of a folk hero right now in Houston, and you can't discount the motivational drive of a folk hero. What you also can't discount is a bad road team coming in to play a very good home team. And that's what the situation is with Houston. Houston's been terrible on the road this season, but they've been great at home. They are 6-1. and one. They got a shot at going 7-1 and one at home this season, which is what you've got to do if you plan on making the playoffs. They're outscoring opponents by about four points a game when they're in their own building. They're 4-2-1 and one against the spread. Cincinnati, 2-5 and five on the road, 2-5 and five against the spread. All of this adds up. Houston wins this game. Houston is going to beat Cincinnati. On the line, Houston's only favored by two points at home. You got to take that less than a field goal. Thank you very much. Houston, minus two. Total in this game is only 41 points. I still think you stay under on it because I don't know what you're going to get from Cincinnati. Will A.J. Green be back? probably but you don't really know either what you're going to get from houston the one thing you do know that you're going to get is you're going to get a healthy dose of that houston run game cincinnati has not been great stopping the run this season i think that is really the only formula that houston needs run the ball and run the ball a lot but that does tend to take time off the clock so 41 points it's a low number but i think you stay under on it so Under 41 points, Houston minus two on the line, and I like the Texans to win straight up. As a frame of reference, Cincinnati has the number 26 overall run defense in football. Let's go to Kansas City now where the Chiefs will welcome the Broncos into town, and the Chiefs have got to be licking their chops at this one. No better time to have the Broncos come to town. A demoralized offense, an offense that I don't think really believes in itself now great the Chiefs did lose last week the Broncos have lost two in a row they're only two and three in their last five games they have not played well inside this division they're only one and three Chiefs are four and oh in this division they have not lost against a division opponent all season That good Broncos defense cannot mask the fact that this offense has only mustered 13 points in their last two games games at Tennessee and against New England in their own building. New England kind of embarrassed them last week, even though it wasn't a blowout. It was a low-scoring game, only 16-3, to but the Broncos could only muster three points, and it was a first-quarter field goal. They can't run the ball. They've got trouble moving the ball through the air. Everything here is adding up to a great situation for the Chiefs, who are a good home team at 5-2, and two. I think the Chiefs win this game. They stay undefeated in this division. Chiefs beat the Broncos. It is worth mentioning, however, that both of these teams on defense do play better in the situation that they're in right now. Denver being on the road and Kansas City at home. I think that will play a part in the over-under, but not quite in the way you might think. On the line, Kansas City only favored by four points at home. This is going to be a tough division matchup. Two very good teams built from the defense up. So very good defensive teams. One team just has the clear advantage on the offensive side, and that is the Kansas City Chiefs with game manager Alex Smith. They have the clear advantage on the offensive side, and I think they're going to take advantage of that. Kansas City minus four, it's not too many points for me. Yes, it's over a field goal, but it's under a touchdown. I like Kansas City minus four. Denver's defense cannot do it all. Total in this game is only 37 and a half points though. Really? 
37 and a half points take the over on that because 37 and a half it's head and shoulders the lowest number we're going to look at this week and that's just anytime there's a game like look this total should be in the san francisco la game and the san francisco la total of 40 should be in this game you should flop those two around and maybe i would have stayed under 40 but 37 and a half points you have to go over on it kansas city beats denver kansas city minus four on the line over 37 and a half points and the last game we're going to take a look at is the dallas cowboys at home taking on the detroit lions Dallas is going to benefit here from the fact that the Giants, the team that is trying to chase them down for this division, play on Thursday night. So they're going to have a few extra days there to kind of digest what happened to the Giants on Thursday night and plan their game accordingly against Detroit. Lions are still in the driver's seat here in the NFC North, but it's gotten a bit closer here, especially with the Lions' loss last week. Packers have won four games in a row. They've overtaken the Vikings. They are right on the Lions' heels. The Lions cannot sit back. As I believe the Giants will lose on Thursday night, the Cowboys may not have much to play for come Monday night. If the Giants lose... Dallas will have clinched the division. They will have clinched a first round bye. There's no need for them to send Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott out there. You may see Tony Romo in this game. Both of Dallas's losses, of course, this season have both come against the New York Giants. So they have not lost a game outside of this division. The hand injury to Matthew Stafford, I don't care what they say. Yeah, he had a full practice. Fantastic. It had to have affected him. They only put up six points on the Giants. Now, that was in New York, so I understand it's a difficult place to play. This is the second half of back-to-back roadies for the Lions. I don't expect the Lions to come out and win this game. I'm still going to take Dallas to win the football game. Overall, I think they're a better football team. Even if they don't have anything left to play for, even if you see Tony Romo in there, I still think the Cowboys win this game. But that said, they're favored in this game by seven points. And to me, that's going to be too many because again, I expect the Giants are going to lose on Thursday night. If they do that, I would expect Dallas to rest some starters, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Detroit's got a good defense. That's still Matt Stafford back there. They can still get some stuff done. If they have Theo Riddick back, fantastic, even better. I think Detroit covers that seven points. I think this is a closer game than some people might think. Detroit plus seven at Dallas. Total in this game, 43 points. I think you stay under on it. It's two teams that can play some defense and can get some quarterback pressure and can just make plays on the defensive and special team side of the football. 43 points, to me, it's too many. I think this is a run game battle, certainly from Dallas's side of things. 43 points, I think it stays under. Dallas beats Detroit in Dallas, but I like Detroit to cover the plus seven under 43 points. Okay, folks, let's do it. Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week 16 in the NFL. We're going to start with the bronze pick on the season. I'm eight and seven straight up with the bronze pick, seven, seven, and one against the spread, and only seven and eight over under. My bronze pick this week sees the Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the Baltimore Ravens, and I love Pittsburgh in this matchup. This is going to be a super fun classic, gritty, dirty AFC North game. I can just see it. I can picture it in my head, and this is the kind of football game that I love to watch. Two teams that have played each other a ton, do not like each other one little bit, have to respect each other, but don't necessarily like each other at all so i expect this again classic afc north matchup i just like the steelers the steelers are rolling here firing on all cylinders five straight wins they are really the class of this division baltimore's right there they're right there and they've still got a shot they got a shot at a wild card spot i just think they're gonna take a bit of a dive this week i don't think it's gonna happen for them in pittsburgh where Pittsburgh is four and two. They're going to finish with two straight home games. That's always a good feeling. They got the opportunity to go six and two at home, which, hey, that's what the Ravens are, six and two at home. Ravens have struggled on the road all season. I don't expect that's going to change this week. 
There is definitely the potential for upset here as Baltimore still has plenty to play for. Definitely not out of this division race as it sits right now. But I like the Steelers in a favorable situation being at home. Pittsburgh beats Baltimore. On the line, Pittsburgh favored by five points at home. I actually think I'm going to take that. It's under a touchdown. If it was over a touchdown, I would think that was disrespectful and too much. But it's under a touchdown. I'm going to go Pittsburgh minus five. Total in this game, 44 points. This was a tough one for me, but I'm going to go over on it simply because Pittsburgh has played some great offensive football at home this season, averaging 28 points per game. Baltimore's defense gets measurably worse on the road, giving up almost six extra points per game on the road this season. Going to be very tough for Baltimore to stay in that wild card race here in these last two weeks. Baltimore's only one and five against the spread on the road. They're only three, two, and one over under. I'm going to tell you to go over on it, even though Pittsburgh's only two and four over under at home. Let's go over the point total of 44. So, Pittsburgh beats Baltimore, Pittsburgh minus five, over 44 points. That's your bronze pick. My silver pick where I am 12 and three straight up and nine and six against the spread and over under sees the Green Bay Packers playing host to the Minnesota Vikings. And I ain't picking easy games this week, folks, especially not at the bottom here. I'm taking division matchups. Actually, I'm taking division matchups all the way through. As you can tell, the games we haven't talked about yet. Green Bay playing host to Minnesota. Green Bay doing almost everything right right now. They're 4-1 in their last five games. They've won four straight. They have clawed themselves back into the race here in the NFC North. As I mentioned just a few minutes ago, I think Detroit is going to struggle this week in Dallas. This is a prime situation for the Green Bay Packers. Minnesota got embarrassed last week. They just got absolutely beaten down by the Colts to the tune of 34 to 6. So, Minnesota, they got something they want to prove in this game. They want to come out and really spoil a division rival. And boy, if the game was in Minnesota, maybe I might take that. I'm not taking it. I'm, I'm taking the Green Bay Packers because Aaron Rodgers is doing something special right now. He is playing the lights out. He has pulled himself personally back into the MVP conversation, really pulling the Packers out of, you know, one of these really bad spots and just all kinds of just black surrounding this team to now all of a sudden, holy crap, we could win this division, get into the playoffs. Maybe we might even compete for a first round bye, which would be incredible for the Green Bay Packers. But I love the Packers in this situation. They're a good home team. They got a chance to go 6-2 and two overall at home. I think they're going to do it. Green Bay beats Minnesota. It also helps the Green Bay's actually played some defense at home this year, giving up less than 20 points per game. On the line, Green Bay favored by minus 6.5. It's under a touchdown, just barely. I think you got to take that because Minnesota's still struggling so much on offense. In my personal opinion, it was a mistake to bring back Adrian Peterson. Why at this point? He hasn't played a snap in months. He's north of 30, and it showed in his comeback game. Everybody was like, oh my God, Adrian Peterson is back. Like he put up, he did nothing. He only played, I think, 20% of snaps. And I think one of his rushes, I think he rushed maybe six times, I think it was. One of them was for negative yardage. And he just put up the same kind of numbers that he put up um, before he got hurt. So it was a mistake. It was a mistake to bring Adrian Peterson back. It's a mistake to have any run play that takes the ball out of Jarek McKinnon's hands. Jarek McKinnon is the guy right now. If you want to pull yourself back up here, like you still got an outside shot. But you need to give the ball to your best player. And right now your best player is Jarek McKinnon. Adam Thiessen is is in there as well. He's in that conversation as well. But you got to give the ball on run plays to Jarek McKinnon. Maybe you give Matt Asiata a goal line plunge. But for the most part, you give the ball to Jarek McKinnon. I imagine they'll probably do that this week. But Jarek McKinnon is going to be matched by Ty Montgomery. Because holy cow, what a game Ty Montgomery had last week. I like the Packers to win. I like the Packers to cover the six and a half points. Total in this game, 43. I'm going to stay under on it because, again, Green Bay's played some good defense at home. Minnesota's just a good defense overall. Minnesota's struggling to score points right now. 43, it's too many for me. So I'm going to tell you to stay under 43 points. I like Green Bay to win 
and Green Bay to cover six and a half. That is your silver pick. My gold pick where I'm 14 and one straight up and nine and six against the spread and over under sees the Seattle Seahawks playing host to the Arizona Cardinals. And look, Seattle doesn't have a whole heck of a lot left to play for. Seattle has guaranteed to win that division. And there's a good chance that they could guarantee themselves home field, which would be fantastic. So they do have still have some to play for. And Arizona has been a bad road team all season. They've only won one of their six road games. They're finishing the season with back-to-backs on the road. That does not spell good things for them. Uh, this is Seattle's game all the way here. Seahawks have a chance to go a perfect 8-0 and and run the table at home, which is something special. You don't give that up if the opportunity is there. And it's a prime situation here with an Arizona team that cannot play defense on the road and a Seattle team that plays some great offense at home. So all that adds up to it's going to be a rough day for the Arizona Cardinals. I love Seattle in this matchup. Seahawks clobber the Cardinals. On the line, Seattle favored by eight points at home. You got to take that. It's under double digits. Seattle minus eight. Over under in this game, 43 and a half. Seattle, in all due respect to Arizona, Seattle could clear 44 points on their own. Just based on the situation, they could. They absolutely could. So I'm going to tell you to go over on it because one side could clear it on their own, and Arizona, they're going to score their points. So, Seattle beats Arizona in Seattle. I like Seattle minus 8 on the line, over 43.5 points. That is your gold pick. And the platinum pick, the only game left to talk about, is the most lopsided game of the week. Platinum pick, I'm 13-2 and two straight up, 8-6-1 against the spread, and 7-8 and eight on the over-under. The New England Patriots playing host to the New York Jets. Jets with nothing to play for. Patriots with really not that much left to play for, although I don't think they have officially clinched. Oh, they have officially clinched the division. Yeah, clinched it at 12-2. and two. They've won the That's right, they did win the division last week. What am I saying? So really, they don't have a ton left to play for, but it's a Bill Belichick team, and they're playing the Jets, and the Jets can't stop anybody. So New England clobbers the Jets in New England. On the line, the Patriots are favored by 16 points. Holy crap. That's like a college line. Uh, I'll take that. I'll take New England minus 16 in that game. Why not? Jets have nothing left to play for. Bryce Petty has been okay, but certainly not good. So I like New England minus 16. Total in the game, 43 and a half points, just like the last one. Look, New England could cover that on their own playing at home. So I'll take the over on that one and go over 43 and a half points. New England minus 16. Patriots win straight up. That is your platinum pick. Nothing from SoundCloud this week, so we're going to go back to YouTube for the comment of the week. And so many of the comments that I got this week obviously were happy birthday wishes, all that good stuff. So I feel weird picking out like just a single one that I would want to say, oh, thank you for the birthday wishes over everybody else. So I'm actually going to pick one that didn't wish me happy birthday at all, but actually asked for my advice in a survivor pool. Carrie DeAngelis is the comment of the week from the week 15 video. Their comment, great insights as usual. In a survivor pool, thoughts between Pittsburgh, Oakland, and Washington this week, much appreciated. My response to Carrie was, my instinct tells me Oakland as the Chargers aren't even playing for pride anymore. Oakland did win their game, so hopefully Kerry took that and survived in his pool for another week. Washington is a second choice. Mm, a little hot under the collar with that one. Sorry about that. Don't do Pittsburgh in a division game on the road. And I believe that's a piece of advice that our good friend, Gio DeFranco, Gio knows, who also had a birthday on December 19th, just like I did. That was a piece of advice I believe that he gave me, which is don't take the road side of a division game in a survivor pool. It's not a good idea, especially if the home team is the underdog or something like that. It's it's some combination of that, but I didn't think Pittsburgh was a solid choice in a division game on the road. Uh, it looks like they were, uh, but hopefully Kerry took Oakland and hopefully survived to the next week. Thank you very much, Kerry, for your comment. Yours is the comment of the week from the week 15 video.
I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good about week 16. I think week 16 is going to bring us more success. We had good success last week, especially straight up. We're going to keep it going this week. That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter. Hopefully everyone listening to this has found some success in fantasy football this season. Are you in any championship games? Let me know in the comments section below. Let me know how your fantasy season went. I want to wish a very Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays if you've already celebrated a holiday in this period of time, because I know there are a lot of holidays that are observed over this period. I hope you had a great holiday. If you're yet to celebrate your holiday like we are, I hope you have a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever it is that you celebrate. I hope you spend it with family and I hope you have a great time. Get all that good food and all those good drinks and all those wonderful gifts. But make sure that you appreciate and value what is the most important thing, which is time spent with the people you love. Thank you very much. Week 16 is in the books. I hope you enjoyed it. We will see you next week for the final week of the regular season. Week 17. We'll see you then.